It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. In Braves country, we are so excited for you to meet our new proud sponsor, Billy Reed. Now, Billy is an award-winning fashion designer who is redefining global style from his home base in the Shoals in Alabama. He is also a diehard baseball fan who grew up cheering on the Braves, and he offers a line of Atlanta-inspired hats, t-shirts, and accessories that embody the soul of our city. Billy and his team craft luxurious, made-in-the-USA shirts, denim, and more, all with a timeless modern style that will have you wearing them again and again. Experience them for yourself at his two Atlanta shops, one in Buckhead and one at White Provisions, or discover them online at BillyReed.com. That's BillyReed, R-E-I-D.com. Well, hello again, everybody. Welcome to Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com, alongside uh, my co-host and partner, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. We don't usually do back-to-back Bubba and Harry shows where it's just the two of us, but we planned on doing it this week because of we usually come out with our shows on Wednesday, and we had a winner-takes-all game on a Wednesday, and we said, well, instead of focusing on a guest well either way well, the next day we'll have we'll be talking about going to the lcs and celebrating or we'll be talking about the a tough end to a, to the season to a great season and unfortunately it was the latter that played out and it was uh it was it was a rough it was a rough end there's no sugarcoating it that was that was tough so i, I obviously i want to hear your thoughts on everything just for, for me starting out um I for for all the fans out there because I I mean I'm a fan first and foremost even though I work in the game now all those things you're feeling today whether it's the sadness the frustration um, I I don't know if anger is the right word because I don't feel that but just more the the frustration and sadness and just being bummed in general about the season ending this is the official podcast of the team uh, so I'd I'd like to think we do have some responsibility for speaking on behalf of, of the team but ultimately, I'm speaking for myself here, and I think I'm, think I'm speaking for, for some folks here on the team. Uh, we feel all those things, too, today. I, I've, I've, we're bummed. We're, we're just as bummed as you are, I, if some people probably more. Um, this is why I was talking with – we were talking before the game yesterday with some people I work with, and we were going, you know, this is – you work in sports – for a lot of reasons because you love sports and that's the area you're interested in you want to work in it like me marketing side and stuff there's projects along the way that are gratifying and that's why you're working in it but ultimately you're really working in it to be even just a small part of moments like a winner takes all game five or game seven I mean that's since I've been working in baseball as my fifth season that's the first chance I'd had for a game to work or be part of a game like that and the lead up to it was everything I thought it would be 
and more. I mean, you just can't replicate that feeling. You can't. That's, that's just that feeling, that energy in the ballpark, the the pageantry and the buildup of it all is just it's so great. It, it is so great. Uh, the downside of that is sometimes you're going to lose and you're going to be on the wrong side of that. And it's it's a bummer. But um, uh, this isn't going to be a doom and gloom show. Uh, but I didn't want to start off and just act like, uh, well, you know, everything's hunky-dory. Listen, that was a tough one, and we're, we're bummed today. So that's my initial thoughts. Greg, mm-hmm. what are yours? Well, you saw me. I'm dressed in black. <laughs> yeah, yes, so, you are. Can so confirm. Even you, your shoes are black today. Yes. Yeah. You could even say that uh, either I'm a Johnny Cash fan or I'm mourning, and I would say that I'm mourning. You know, it's interesting being being here working in the front office – most of us, I'd say 90-plus percent, we're all fans of the team. We want to see the team do well. We're trying to market the team. We're trying to, um, you know, do all those things for, because that's our job. But a big part of it is because we care. We want the team to do well. We enjoy seeing the team win. Everybody likes a winner, right? Everybody wants to see – you know, so that's the that's – the, um, you know, the fan inside of me, I'm, I'm a big Brace fan. I've been a part of this organization in multiple roles, you know, as we've talked about, minor leagues, big leagues, you know, now uh, working with the alumni. So even though my past is more of a ball player, um, I'm still a fan. I mean, I live here in Atlanta. I want to see the team do well. <clears throat> and, and so I think everybody's disappointed, right? Nobody envisioned – that we would be out of it within 20 minutes of the game starting or 10 minutes of the game starting. And um, so it just it just totally deflated everything, you know, that we had been building up. You know, we think about all the, the time and energy and all this, the things that this team has done over the season for it to go up in 10 minutes and it almost like nothing ever happened. Like, you know, just dissolving all that energy I was talking to Chris Tamino a little bit um, when the games started or, you know, after about the first or second inning. And, and it was literally like we were talking about how all that positive energy just kind of floated away. Mm-hmm. And now you're left with just this empty feeling. Now, it takes me back to when I played and I was a part of some very disappointing, some very high highs, you know, winning the World Series. And then also 96 where we had – uh, an unbelievable start to the series, and we end up losing. We thought we should have won that one. And so you could go back to 91, 92. And, and, uh, but, you know, what's funny, in 96, we did the same thing to the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They were up 3-0, and we just totally sucked the life out of them and, and stole that um, championship series from them. And so um, it happens in sports. You don't like it. It's just a part of it. It gives you this sick feeling. I didn't want to come to work today, and I didn't want to come do this. But, but you know what? Um, as an athlete, as a, um, you know somebody that has a job, you got to show up when it doesn't feel good, yep. and you got to take it like a man, and you got to figure out, okay, what am I going to learn from this? And whether you win or lose, you're always trying to figure out how do I get better. And I hope the unfortunately with this happening on the last game of the year you got a long time to think about what do i got to do to get better and i'm sure alex is already thinking about it i'm sure snit's already thinking about it i'm sure the guys on the team they probably just want to have a day to not think about anything because it hurts so bad but as the days and weeks go along you know it's going to get back to what did we do what went wrong 
you know and of course we can point to a number of different things right we just didn't play play well we we didn't take advantage of anything I say that we gave them you know three games and they gave us one and um, this game should have never gotten to a game five and so there's a lot of things we can point to of course it's all over social media every talking head and and radio talk show you know shows are talking about all the specific points that went wrong you know that as a player Freddie Freeman knows that he did not play well Nick Markakis knows that he did not play well Mike Fultonavich knows that he did not pitch he pitched probably the worst game that he could pitch um, you know there's there our defense let us down our pitching let us down our offense let us down so there's a number of things but on the other side of that the cardinals took advantage of everything that we gave them every time we booted a ball or every time we didn't make a play they took advantage of it we didn't take advantage of when they gave us a chance and um you know when we had bases loaded twice we didn't take advantage of it they did that's what wins games look at the game last night with the dodgers and the nationals that was an unbelievable game that was a great game and the nationals took advantage i mean they hit three home runs in the last three innings so um so that's that's the game of baseball that's what makes it great it hurts as braves fans and we'll always hear the national media talk about how we can never win win more than one championship and all that kind of stuff you know i don't pay attention to that i just want to look and see how we build upon what's been started here in atlanta and what a great opportunity we have we can tweak some pieces but for all intents and purposes we should have not lost that game had nothing to do with our talent had everything to do with our talent stepping up and um and hopefully that will get better with experience i don't think um you know i I think if you played that game 10 times that game right there would not happen again right that was i was talking with one of my coworkers yesterday or after the game last night and we were saying how leading up to the game we had all these different scenarios in our head of how it could go and how it could go well and how like the bad scenarios and in none of our bad scenarios did we have it scripted that bad i mean we just could how could you that just doesn't that just doesn't happen and something like that really hadn't happened before so and that's tough and there's so many frustrating things that's the if you get so deep into all the things that shoulda coulda woulda been in that series there's so many moments and places and things where you could be like okay if we just done this here or this mm-hmm. if this just happened there or if this ball is two inches lower in the air where freddie's able to reach it that, that's not that's just one example of many there's all these different things and it's like a, a you drive you could drive yourself crazy mm-hmm. going reliving all that over and over again so like you it's it's i think you take all this and say okay and this is i think a general thing in life when you have some kind of issue or a problem or adversity or whatever you look at it and say okay what can i learn from this how can i build on this and usually hopefully there'll at least be some positives uh if nothing else it should make you better in the future uh people I was trying to bring this up last night, and I don't think people were ready to hear it yet. But, but I'm going to bring it up here again because this is something I because I believe it. Um, you and I have talked about if for for people who've been with us the whole way or most of the way on behind the Braves, they've heard us talk about our our rooting interests in other sports and how you know my Redskins, ugh, uh, <laughs> uh, your Cowboys, uh, but also that you're a Tennessee alum, you played there, and then I'm a lifelong Virginia fan. And so this is what I was trying to bring up last night. Uh, diehard Virginia basketball fan. In 2018, Virginia is the number one overall seed in the, in the NCAA tournament. 
and they lose to UMBC, arguably the worst upset in college basketball history. Obviously, a 16 had never beaten a one before, much less Virginia wasn't just a one seed. They were the number one overall seed in the whole the whole tournament. Um, and they go down in infamy. And I got to tell you, as a lifelong fan, those 13 months following was just brutal. And I just had to wear it. I mean, I wore it from Mark Bowman, West Virginia guy, <laughs> West Virginia fan. I wore it from him every day, the yeah. jokes. Uh, and just feeling so bad for, for the, the the kids on the team and the coach. And I just felt awful. It's the way I feel about our guys now and the Braves. Yeah. I just feel so, feel so bad. And I felt so bad for those kids. But at the end of those 13 months, Virginia manages to turn it all around and they win the national championship. And essentially that awful loss at the very big, that became the beginning of the story. Mm-hmm. It became, if it becomes a 30, 30, 30 for 30, I hope it does. That's the, that's where the story starts is that, that the agony of that brutal worst defeat in, in school history. And I love coach Tony Bennett of, of that team for a number of reasons. Um, his quote after the championship win this year is just, it's one of my favorite things. Uh, he was asked about how did you bring, how did you guys do this? How did you turn it around like that? You, you suffered the ultimate defeat. How did you bring it back around? And he said, if you learn to use it right, the adversity, it will buy you a ticket up to a place you couldn't have gone any other way. Nice. And at the banner raising ceremony, which they just did a couple weeks ago in Charlottesville in the arena, Bennett, uh, Coach Bennett, brought up that quote again and he pulled out of his his uh his suit or his coat jacket there or his, his jacket uh a ticket from the umbc game and held it up and then a ticket from the national championship game and held it up and he said holding up the the umbc ticket if you learn to use it right it will buy you a ticket to a place you've never been before holding up the championship ticket and so i kind of look at all this that way like yes that this is brutal but this could be this is an opportunity to to learn and let's use this adversity to get better and stronger for next year. I mean, look, the the team is not going to be the same. It never is from year to year. Heck, it, it changes throughout the year, but the core is going to is going to be the same. Now, who knows what it's going to look like? It it will be a different team, but the core of what we're what we've built here over the last few years is still there, and we should be better next year. Mm. I think so. Um, I I had that thought too of. I don't know that I I'm like what it would have been easy to just be like well it's the off season now we'll go back to our our every other week on behind the Braves which is what we do in the off season we come out with with a couple episodes a month as opposed to every week so it would have been easy just to say well that was that that sucked last night let's just wait till next week <laughs> um but I you know I found myself earlier this morning going no I, I want I want to come in and do the show this is we talk about the Braves and and we can't run from a from a bad loss like that and i actually found myself wanting to wanting to do this because i just uh, maybe it'd be therapeutic for us to talk about it you (laughs) know and and to let the fans know that uh we're we're feeling it too you know we we know i've i've seen believe me i've seen plenty of all the comments on social media the good the bad the sad everything in between Um, and we feel that way too um but we're still here and the braves will still be here uh, we're what only 120, 130 days away from the first game at Northport. So I mean, um, <laughs> maybe it's too soon for that. Yeah. But, but uh, well, there's something to be said about playing with a chip on your shoulder, and that's you know they even they even alluded to the Cardinals were motivated by by Ronald Acuna and the way he was acting, 
which you know what that that works both ways that sometimes you can get distracted by, by things that um, are superfluous around the game but when you're talking about with a bunch of professional athletes who for all intents and purposes their abilities are the same right it's usually those intrinsic values like uh your mental focus your heart things that you can't measure that make the difference it's not talent you know we uh, we always would say that you know at some point you become average right so all everybody's talent you know once you keep the cream continues to rise to the top all that talent you be you know you become a part of an average pool now that average pool is a lot higher than most but but everybody's talent in the big leagues is pretty much the same you have a few outliers you had the Andrew Jones you had the Chipper Jones you have the few guys that that you know their talent and it's not always the talent that makes you a hall of famer sometimes it's it's those how those intrinsic values um, get grouped together along with talent. But typically, you could see that everybody's talent is the same. So whenever you're motivated by something that gets you out of that average, you know, maybe maybe how they felt about the way Ronald was acting or how they felt about somebody that had a chip on their shoulder from maybe they got beat by the Braves in 96. I know this didn't happen because none of those guys were probably alive. Right. But but let's just say that, that if all those guys were were on that team in the next year that being be after winning going up 3-0, they were they had a chip on their shoulder to prove something that that would never happen again. That takes them out of that. That motivates them in a different way. And you hear by that the the um, the video that went viral about the coach and how he talked after the game. There was something in that locker room that motivated that team beyond their talent. And so I think that that is where you never know what that what that one thing that can be that chip on your shoulder. So hopefully somebody will paint. Uh, a mural or a banner in the locker room in Northport that will say 13 to 1 you know Cardinals over the Braves the most devastating defeat in Major League Baseball history in the playoffs and maybe that will motivate some guys but but whatever it is you've got to ultimately find your own motivation and you know Snit can't always do that I don't think that was probably a feeling among the Cardinals, but I don't think it was, all right, let's sit down and have a meeting and we're going to do this just to put it in Ronald Acuna's face. I don't think that's the way it goes down. But I think there's this growing resentment that a team can have guys can talk about why they're having lunch and they can talk about whether they're at batting practice talk about why they're throwing their bullpens they're why they're hanging out you know sitting around the locker room there's something that can grow that will create a chip on your shoulder that will make you play differently than you did as opposed to game 157 during the regular season you get to the fifth game of the um you know of the NLDS and that chip gets really big and you want to prove something because you just lost a game at home that you shouldn't have lost or um, you know whatever it is and that just takes that talent to a different level and I and I clearly when I watched the game last night we we did everything wrong they did everything right there was something clearly different about those two teams whether their mental state or their preparedness, or their chip, or whatever. they Somebody had something to prove, and somebody didn't. 
whatever it was, there was clearly two different teams with the same talent out there that performed two different ways. And, and I just think it's fascinating to see that, to see how one team who on paper is better than the other team talent-wise or, you know, has this edge, they're at home, they've got the fans, but yet they don't play anywhere near to their capabilities and the other team just snowballs them. There's something to that. And it's just, it, to me, it's just I'm watching that like everybody else with my jaw dropped thinking, wow, these are two totally different teams out here. Mm-hmm. One team is ready to play, has something to prove, and one team just looks a little lackadaisical. Right. And so, anyway, it's just interesting to see that. And hopefully we'll take that and that will be mulled over over the next three months and processed and talked about and we'll go into spring training with a, a huge chip on our shoulder that we got something to prove that these the same group that was told that they weren't ready to win anything, they've now won the division two years in a row, they have way more to prove now than they did before. If that chip was a little, a little then, it should be a lot bigger now when you just get waxed by a team that's not as talented as you. Yeah, I, I that's one of the many frustrating things. And I was thinking about last night and this morning, late this morning when I got up. Um, uh, shout out to everybody I saw in the battery last night, or if you saw me. <laughs> but, uh, hopefully they weren't carrying you. Hopefully. I, all I know is I got home. I woke up at home. So good. it's good, yeah. No, I, I was thinking after 18, uh, it's not that – we weren't sad in, at the end of 2018 that that season was over, but I remember the feeling after that series ended with the Dodgers in 18, how there was such a, there was still joy and an enthusiasm in the building because you were felt, hopeful. We were hopeful. It felt like the start. It's like, okay, yeah, this, this thinks yeah. that the season's over, but ultimately like if I were taking my fan hat off and trying to be completely unbiased and, and just state the facts, the Dodgers last year, I think were they were a better team than we were. They had a little bit more. They had a much deeper bench, and there's a like there's a multitude of reasons for that. And it felt like that team, our team last year, the Braves last year, had accomplished a lot in winning the division. Uh, the, that kind of signaled the end of the rebuild, and it's like okay, we're back now. And anything beyond winning the division last year kind of felt like gravy or a bonus to me, anyways. I'm not speaking for everybody in the building here because the goal is always to win the World Series. Sure, but that's the way it felt to me. This year, it felt like, okay, we nobody picked us to win the division. We need to do that. But it felt like this is a team that can go on a run. This is a team that can make it the whole way. Um, I, I think kind of like what Peter Moylan said here on Behind the Braves a couple of weeks ago, this felt like a team that, like, you get to the World Series, the, the American League opponent, whoever it is, is going to be really tough this year. But this felt like a team that could get there. And not getting there, and only not only not getting there, but not getting there the way we did, was mm-hmm. it makes it especially tough to swallow. Now, I'm going to uh, – uh, sorry for all of you that I annoyed with my Virginia comparison before because I'm about <laughs> to do it again. Uh, Kyle Guy, one of the big three, the main starters on both of those Virginia teams, the one that lost to UMBC and then the one that won the title uh, back in April, he, for a year, on his, his phone, on his lock screen, or like his wallpaper on his phone, was the picture of him crying on the floor – after the UMBC loss. That was his profile picture on Twitter. Whenever some fan or, or somebody would give him, uh, say something to him or make a UMBC reference to him or whatever, he would retweet it and share it, like literally all of them. And he kept all these things. He kept that picture on his phone. He kept it there for every day for 13 months. Mm. 
And the night they won the title, he then changed the picture of him crying on the floor to him jumping up for joy after having won the national championship. So point I'm making there is they used that and they took that and they had a much bigger chip on their shoulder. He had a much bigger chip on his shoulder coming into the next season, used it as motivation. And I guess I, I, I guess I just keep making those drawing comparisons between these two because as bad as those 13 months in between the Virginia games was, man, the payoff at the end of it was so worth it. And the payoff would have never happened had it not been for the adversity at mm-hmm. the beginning. And I just felt like watching that last night. I mean, again, I was sitting there in the press box. I felt like part in the first inning, part of my soul just left left my body. as Because mm-hmm. I, I just – it literally felt like somebody had just not kind of punched me and the air was just gone from me. And I was just sitting there just, just not even knowing what to say. But then I started having that feeling of like maybe this is maybe this is the the start of something big. Maybe this is the thing our guys need mm-hmm. to get us going in the right direction. Ben Ingram from uh, Braves Radio, he had a, a good tweet last night, and he just said this group has much better days ahead. See you next spring. He was down in the camera well doing um, doing live updates throughout the game, and he took a picture. It's a great picture of of Ozzy and Dansby just sitting on the bench after the game. And they're both looking and watching as the Cardinals over on their side of the field celebrating. Mm-hmm. And Ozzy and Dansby are just, just sitting there watching. And I love that picture because uh, I like the idea that they're sitting there just watching somebody else celebrate on their field and taking it all in. And to me, I, I feel like that's the kind of thing, the kind of imagery, the kind of thing you burn in your mind to help fuel you, to make you better. And to your point end up with a bigger chip on your shoulder coming into the next season and another thing too like i don't i don't want to get it's just the day after i mean we're less than 24 hours as we're recording this uh since the game happened uh so i don't want to get too deep into what will the roster look like and we have no idea and it's not we can sit here and throw around names all day but we're not going to know until the front office actually makes those moves and you know unfortunately we got to wait a little while for that uh that to happen but I was thinking that there's the core is there, and then the which is good news. The, the young core is still there, and then also the the front office has options and and capital and things that they can do and assets. I mean, there's there's it's not like this was the window is closing or now you got a bunch of bad contracts that you just saddled with and have to deal with. It's we're still sitting pretty for the long term and to make ourselves better for next year. So. I told you this wasn't all going to be doom and gloom. I mean, there there are some positives to look forward. It's just it's, it's still it's it's none of that's going to erase the the sting of last night. That's one you just got to wear for a while. Yeah. Well, uh, the Dodgers are wearing it too. And, yeah. Um, theirs may be a little worse because their window uh, could be you know their window can be closing because they've been doing it for you know where they won six divisions in a row. And um, and I tell you what, I watched that game last night, and the way they lost that at home, where they never lose, and when you're expected just to sweep your way right through to the World Series, it stings a lot for them too. And I'm as bad as we feel, they feel it, if not probably worse, mm-hmm. because their expectations were a lot higher, mm-hmm. and um, just because they've been there and they've lost in them. You know what's serious. You know what's worse than than having the sting of a bad loss like that is not even having the opportunity to be there in the first yeah. place and having we have so many passionate fans who are upset today and though mm-hmm. and this is my putting my marketing hat on the only thing worse than a lot of upset or angry or sad fans 
is nobody caring at all yeah and and that's 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 the worst and the good news is we have a lot of people fan on the fan side here in this building in this office in that clubhouse who care a lot and we'll we're going to do everything they can to right the ship well my my biggest frustration is just that we didn't put on a good show yeah i mean we the fans showed up uh the town was ready and then our players just didn't show up and that's to me that's the uh that's really the 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 most disheartening part of it is that we were prepared to put on a show nationally and to showcase what our brand of baseball is like what this town is like what the stadium's like everything and we didn't get to do that because um somebody wasn't ready or for whatever reason but I mean that that's what to me is the most disheartening part of it because we didn't even get to we didn't get to showcase ourselves. So we had the national eyes on us. And um and that's what I'm I'm probably most upset about. I you know, if it had been three to two, uh five to four, two to one, I could have lived with that. But but for us to not even be in the ball game from the start and for us not to be able to even show life at all is probably the most disheartening thing for me. And that that's that's what I really w- woke up being sick about. And I was when I left last night, I was sick about. Yeah, that's 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 the tough part. That's like, yeah. I, I can't remember if I said this earlier in our taping or if it was before we started, but I had all of these different scenarios in my head coming into the game yesterday of mm-hmm. how I could go good or bad, and none of those scenarios involved us a situation as bad as the, that game that yeah. happened. And um, look, it stings. It, yeah. I keep saying it, but it's just there's no other way to go about it. It stings, but now it's it's uh, one of the – one of the, maybe the best life lesson my dad has, has ever taught me. I mean, I'm 36 now, and he still teaches me lessons, so it's, I don't think that ever stops. But mm-hmm. I think the best one he ever taught me was when I was a much, much younger guy and dumber guy. Not that I'm smart now, but I'm less dumb than I was then. Uh, and I made a, a pretty pretty serious mistake as, as a young young man. And uh, I thought he was going to be angry, uh, and he wasn't. He simply said, okay, you know what you've done here. You know what happened. Now what are you going to do mm-hmm. to fix it and make it better? So there was no anger. He just said, what are you going to do now? What's your next move? And that was uh, that's honestly he's taught me a lot, but that that's the one that stuck with me. And if I ever have kids, that's going to be the thing that's that's stuck in my brain to teach them is because they're going to mess up. People are going to make sure. up. You're going to make mistakes. But when you make those mistakes, how do you react? How do you bounce back? What do you do to learn mm-hmm. from it? What do you do to make yourself better as a result of it? And hopefully put it behind you as best you can. Yeah. And and that's just a life thing in general. But it's 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 it can apply in sports no. too. I hey, think. That's good. I think we're all. We're all human beings, and if you don't think you make mistakes and you're only about pointing out everybody else's mistakes, then that's that problem is about you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think once you come to the reality that you're not um, – you own your own junk and that and everybody else does, but you don't need to go around pointing out everybody else's junk, then you're going to live a little happier life and uh, be a lot more fun to be around. What I found out about me is that I typically need about a week – to just kind of mourn like I'm all in black right I'm going to mourn it for the next uh, few days and then after about a week I'm pretty positive guy so I'm I'm always the half full 
as opposed to half empty. Uh, when I become the half empty guy, I'm not very fun to be around. So I found that if I'll just own it for, you know, a week and, and kind of process it out, then after that I, I'm, I'm back to work and I'm feeling good about, okay, how do we fix it? What do we got to do? And, um, and so I think that's just the way I process things. It's good for me. But if I try to stuff it and I don't want to deal with it right away and I just want to go on like nothing happened, it doesn't work very well for me. So I, I just try to own it for a little bit, and then I'm back to I'm back to being positive. And, of course, you know, there's a lot of – like you said, there's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of things that we want to talk about that um, was great about this year. Mm-hmm. It's just not the time yet. You yeah. know, we just – say hey this stunk and uh this team stunk and uh we just need to own that for a little bit and then um don't let it turn into sarcasm and being despondent and being apathetic but uh just just live it for a little bit and then we'll figure out a way to to how we're going to move forward so absolutely absolutely well i think we've I think we've acknowledged how, how how we're all feeling after last we night. We got this couch here. Maybe we should have took turns laying down on it first. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, well, it still feels therapeutic. And he's yeah. not kidding about the all black folks. He's got the shoes, the shorts, the shirt, and then the the pullover um, socks. Socks or socks are black. So Underwear. I, okay, I can't see that. Don't want to, but, uh, but yeah. Well, listen, we would be remiss if we didn't talk uh, a little bit about Brian McCann. Before we go, um, he announced, as is, as you all know, I'm sure by now, he announced he was retiring after the game. Um, just a, a couple quick notes about BMAC. Seven-time All-Star, uh, World Series champion with the Astros, but seven-time All-Star, all with the Braves, I believe. All-Star game MVP in 2010. Uh, six-time Silver Slugger Award winner. Most of those coming with the Braves. Uh, his... His career numbers, it makes me feel old because I feel like I just, because he were about the same age, and I feel like it wasn't all that long ago that I watched him make his debut at Turner Field and get that first base hit single to right. Uh, I still remember that in my head. He had a full head of hair, and so did I. Um, uh, But uh, 282 home runs, that's eighth all-time among catchers. Just to give you an idea of the company, he's there. So I'll read you the list uh, from top to through, through eight. Mike Piazza, Johnny Bench, Carlton Fisk, Yogi Berra, Gary Carter, Lance Parrish, Pudge Rodriguez, Brian McCann. That's bunch a of Hall of Famers right there. Bunch of Hall of all but Lance Parrish are Hall of Famers ahead of him on the, the home run list. Jorge Posada, Mike Napoli, Javi Lopez behind him there. And then there's some Hall of Famers behind him on that list also. So um, let's see. All, yeah, we mentioned the All-Star games. Uh, he's up there as far as catchers go with, uh, with RBIs or RBI, I think. I mean, it's it's heck of a 15-year career he put together. Uh, I think we talked about this about a little less than a year ago when he signed here, or I remember bringing it up. Uh, a lot of his teammates in Houston on social media when he became official that he was left Houston and was going to sign here in Atlanta, the outpouring of words and teammates like Alex Bregman saying, this is the best guy I've ever played, my best teammate I've ever had, uh, there were multiple guys from the Astros who were saying those things. And a lot of those same guys were, along with his Braves teammates, were saying those same things last night. Like, this is the best best dude I ever played with, uh, best pro guy I've ever 
I played with, uh, ultimate teammate, and that was coming from Astros. It's coming from the Chipper Jones of the world. It's coming from current guys. Uh, Dr. Blevins, our buddy Jerry Blevins, was (laughs) one who said something last night. Um, Dansby had some really kind things to say about it. He's just one of the best people he's ever played with. So I think uh, the the numbers speak for themselves as far as what he did on the field. Um, but I think you can you can take words of his teammates, both past, present, both past and present, to tell you what kind of a man uh, Brian McCann is. And um, you know, he said he was going to he's going to go home and uh, spend time with those kids, as he said, uh, and be a dad, which is great. Uh, son Colt, as we talked about, that Colt McCann. If that man is, if that boy doesn't <laughs> become a college football player, I don't know. That's right. I think that's the, the the right name for a college football player, but. Um, uh, I do know one thing. Uh, I, at some point on his in his uh, next this next part of his life, it will include, I think. And you're on the committee, so you you can tell me how how long we'll have to wait and all that works. But he'll he'll be in the Braves Hall of Fame, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think he's a, a shoe in, mm-hmm. um, a, a cornerstone uh, for 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 the Braves in his era. Um, one of my all this is a fan. He's one of my all time favorites to to that I ever. Saw play. I saw, I saw most of his games in a, in a Braves uniform. Almost all of them, in fact. So, uh, heck of a ride. And man, it's uh, it's uh, it's sad to see him go. But it was cool that. And I hate that it ended the way it did last night. But it's cool that he got to bookend the career mm-hmm. by coming uh, coming back home. And uh, it, yeah. it, it, what a career. Yeah, that's <clears throat> it's always nice for a player to be able to do that. And I always feel good about the alumni that get get a chance. Not everybody gets to do that, but I know it was special for me. And I know it's, it's special for him. Just I remember uh, back when we did our podcast with him, right right when he signed. And uh, he was so excited and I remember talking to his wife and and his kids there at the, at the press conference and how excited they were just to be able to say, all right, we're good. We get to we get to spend more some more time in our home, you know, during the season. But yeah, Brian Brian's first class and um, obviously means a lot to this franchise. I'm sure we will look for ways to incorporate him to see if there's something he would like to do uh, to be involved with the organization. Somebody like that, you always want to try to find a job for to see how he can mentor or. Um, scout or do something in the organization just like we've done with Andrew and Chipper and Fred McGriff and Terry Pendleton and Eddie Perez, uh, those guys that are still involved with us. Uh, Brian living here locally, he may need a couple years, you know, Mm -hmm. which is perfectly fine. I I always encourage my alumni, don't do anything for a year after you retire. Just completely unwind, reconnect with your family, uh, just don't make any big decisions. And then after a year, you'll probably be ready to start considering some things. And, and I think that would be, uh, would probably be good for Brian being here locally. I'm sure with all the knowledge that he has, all that he has to be able to share and give back, there's something that probably is there that he would like to do. Now, whether he wants to become a big league manager or whether he wants to be involved, I mean, I, I don't know Brian well enough to know if that's what he, he, um, he desires, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully being, I mean, you wouldn't, to be passionate about the game of baseball and to have the kind of career you would have, there's something there that I'm sure we can find ways to tap into to get him to give, you know, to give back a little bit. And 
Um, so hopefully, time, you know, only time will tell, but hopefully we can, we can do that as, or, as an organization, especially since he lives here. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that happen. And, and uh, of course, I'll reach out to him being, being an alumni now and um, see if there's any way we can help, um, help him with anything that he wants to get, get involved with or uh, be, you know, the fans will want to see him. But sometimes, you know, you just got to give him a little bit of time to download and then hopefully in the next couple of years we'll see him back here at the stadium. Yeah, I think that uh, just my personal speculation and opinion, I think that we haven't seen like at least at spring training and elsewhere, we haven't seen the last of uh, number 16 with McCann on the back roving around. We still see number 10 with Jones uh, on the back. We still see him every year at spring training. We see Crime Dog. We see TP. We see Eddie in different capacities and I, I ultimately think if he wants to, I think that's I hope, I should say, I hope that that's, that's ultimately what we have in BMAC and that he'll be around and uh, his, uh, his guidance and, and leadership I think will be much, much desired by us and others yeah. if that's what he wants to do. So uh, congratulations to him on on a fantastic career and uh, what a, what a run, what a 15 year run he had. Yeah, that's, that's, agreed. That's great, and I think that kind of with his retirement, uh, I haven't even looked at this. I'm just now thinking about it. I think that pretty much closes the book on the uh, the baby Braves mm. uh, from 2005. I think because Kelly Johnson, Frenchie, um, Langerhans, Blaine, Blaine Boyer, some of those guys. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know that there's anybody. And if you, if I'm wrong, y'all can tweet me and tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, Blaine but. Blaine works with Kansas City. I don't know about Langerhans. Um, and of course, uh, there were so many. There were like twenty, yeah, or eighteen or twenty yeah. of those guys that that made their debuts and were rookies that year. Well, Hayward was Hayward one of those. He was twenty ten. That's right. He was yeah. after that. He was the next wave. That's next right. wave. He and Freddie and uh, Kimbrel and those guys. So. Um, so yeah, what what a run! That's uh, what a career. time flies, right? It, it does, man. It really does. All righty. Well, I think we've t- we've talked y'all's ears off enough for <laughs> for this edition of Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed. Um, hey, we're 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 mourning uh, uh, the man in black, Johnny Cash, uh, Dale Earnhardt, the Intimidator over here is all in black and <laughs> is mourning. But we'll get through this and and listen. We'll the off season will be here soon. All the the free agent and trade rumors will start, and I always enjoy that part of the the calendar. Well, you and I are planning on going out to the winter meetings. Winter meetings, yeah. Already getting ready to get our flights. Yeah. So, and we've got some fun stuff planned for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, listen, let's, we can all be bummed about this for a little bit, but uh, process it and we move on and look forward to hopefully an even better 2020 season. So, uh, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We will see you next time on Behind the Braves. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 